Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, CFA Church. We got a good bit to cover this morning as we um, begin to conclude Occupy. So I think we got three more weeks and we're going we're gonna, to uh, head around that final turn like it's a roval race and we're going to finish strong and we're not going to run into each other or crash and spin out as we come across the finish line, but we're going to finish strong. We're going to finish strong. So Deuteronomy 26, Deuteronomy chapter 26, and let's dive right into the word of God this morning. It says this, when you've entered the land, when you've entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have take possession of it and settle in it, settle in it, settle in it, say settle, settle. That is a key word for us this morning because on one hand, I want to settle. And here's what I mean by that. I think that there are people in life that when you watch them, it feels like they are cursed with restlessness. Like they're never, they're never settled, they're never happy, and so, they, and, so, and so it's like they got springs in their shoes. They bounce. They bounce from one relationship to the next relationship, and the new relationship somehow looks a lot like the old relationship because they brought themselves into that new relationship. And they bounce from, from church to church and the, the, the scenery might look different or they bounce from job to job or they bounce from school to school. I mean, it's just, it can manifest itself in a lot of ways. So I don't want to live restless. I want to, I want to occupy, right? I want to, I want to step into some things and I want to begin to, to, to settle in. I felt like maybe like the Lord was even speaking to somebody directly this morning with this kind of a word, the, the wandering in your life is actually not a quest for truth. It's a disguise to avoid the truth. The journey to find yourself is not a journey to find yourself. It's an attempt to outrun yourself and a distraction for truly confronting yourself. It's like the phrase that I read in a book this week that said, you're never happy until you are. And so we can find ourselves never being settled in, in life. And so on one hand, like I want, I want that feeling of settling into to a good church, to some good relationships, to family, settling into a good meal, right? There's something about, said, there's something on the other hand, I never want to settle. I never want to settle because sometimes settling means getting comfortable, have you found in life there are also people that know how to struggle and they don't know how to prosper? And, and so while they're in the middle of a struggle, there's fire and there's energy and there's movement and, and, and they, learn, they learn to take on the problems. See, David, David was this kind of individual. David knew how to struggle. David didn't know how to prosper. And so as long as there was opposition in David's life, he was good. As long as he was battling a giant, he was fine. As long as his brothers were making fun of him and he was taking care of a few sheep in the field, he was fine. As long as he was running from a lunatic king and hiding out in caves, he was fine. But once David made it to the palace, he didn't know how to prosper. And it is the rare, can I just say this? It is the rare man or woman of God that knows how to prosper. 
Because sometimes when we move from a season of struggle into a season of prosperity, it looks like this. That season that should be a season of blessing and should be a season of giving turns into a season of laziness, turns into a season of comfort, turns into a season of it's all about me. And so we've learned how to fight in the field, but we don't know how to live in the palace. And this word, I believe, is that God is taking us into a season of occupy, but he wants you to know how to occupy. He wants you to know how to settle and never settle. And that's a, if you can learn how to live like that. On one hand, if you can learn how to be satisfied, but never satisfied. If you can learn how to be thankful, but always pushing for more. If you can learn how to be blessed and be a blessing, that is a rare line. And I'm telling you, not many people occupy that line in their life. So God's going to give us some secrets to this Occupy. It's going to take us behind the scenes because the Israelites are ready. They're stepping in. They are experiencing some first fruits of Occupy and they may be getting nervous. They may be trying to sabotage their success. They may be trying to undercut their own, their own blessing. And so God is teaching them how to do this. And this is an interesting uh, some of you are going to see this as a leap, like, Doug, how did you get, this is a, for some of you, this is going to seem like an episode of The Simpsons. It started out this way, and it ended up over here. And if you've never watched The Simpsons, don't worry about that uh, reference. And if you have watched The Simpsons, don't judge me. You're not allowed to judge in church. But, like, this is going to seem like, this is going to seem like a leap, but it's actually not a leap. This, the secret to this whole thing, the secret in life to settling but never settling is in your giving. And now this is where the people that who were not nervous before, now you're nervous. Some, somebody got their friend to come to church with them today for the first time, and you're like, really, Pastor? Really? I bought into this whole bring a friend to church, and you're going to preach on giving, you're going to preach on tithing? Some of you uh, got up the courage, and you're like, you sprayed on your lightning repellent this morning, and you're like, I'm really nervous about walking into church. God, it's been a long time, and now the pastor's going to talk about giving. Relax. I'm just going to tell you, just relax. Nobody's going to steal any money. I'm just going to teach from God's word this morning, okay? And then I'll preach about something different next week. So you have to come back next week. If you don't like this week, you'll like next week. But I want to go to the word of God because I think that there's some important things that God is going to teach us that I, re I really believe. Um, I wouldn't do this if I didn't believe in all of God's word. Uh, if I didn't believe in all of God's word, I'd just pick the parts that I liked and I'd teach those. Um, but you don't want that. You don't want a church like that. And you don't want a pastor like that. You want the full word of God in your life. And then the other thing is you don't want a pastor that doesn't talk about giving because giving is an unbelievable key to blessing. And so if I never talked about giving, you would miss out on blessing. Okay, so let's go, let's go to the word. And, and I'm going to use apples this morning. It's going to be kind of our, our running uh, metaphor for this. So let's see so you're working and let's just say that you got paid in apples. Hopefully, hopefully you don't. Hope it, hopefully it's a little more uh, monetary than that. You know, fall time in, in the Carolinas and that's apple time. And the Wither Up family usually goes up and picks apples. And 
I'm more excited about the apple cider and apple donuts than I am about the actual apples, but we missed it this year, so we didn't go up to Hendersonville. We went to the store, and we picked our apples out of the, out of the farmer's market, but have you, found, like, have you found in life that as soon as you get some apples, people want to take them from you? Has, have you found that to be true? And so as soon as you get that paycheck, oh, did, you, you got a mortgage. Like that house that you prayed for came with a mortgage. And so the mortgage company wants some apples. And that new car that was such a blessing, they actually want you to pay for the thing. And by the way, the new car takes gas. And then, and then you've got you to gotta heat your home. Eventually, eventually, husbands, look at me. Look at me. Eventually, you have to turn on the heat. I know, I'm holding, you want to hold out, but eventually. And then you've got your phone bill. And then you've got, but, but like, and then, so you've got all these things and everybody wants an apple and you're like, oh, I was so good. I have some leftover apples. And then you have children. <laughs> So what we need to learn how to do is to take 10 apples and multiply them into more apples. How many of you like more apples? All right. So, so let's go back here. And the, the God's secret for multiplying the apples in your life is simply called the tithe. So I'm just going to teach. Is that okay? Just nod at me. Make me feel like I got nervous. You, you, you preach on this and the, boy, the devil work on you. Like somebody get up and all they had to... They probably just had to use the restroom in the 915 service. And I'm like, there they go. They're offended. They're out of the church. Like, but so stay with me. Stay with me. If you do have to use the restroom, raise your hand and say, Pastor, use in the restroom. I'll be right back. You'll help me out here. So we're, so we're just apples. We're just going to go verse, verse by verse, okay? Verse by verse through Deuteronomy here. So let me teach you about the tithe. What the tithe means is that that's just a churchy word, a biblical word that means tenth. Okay, so a tithe is a tenth of what you earn. And somebody said, well, is it a tenth of the gross or the net? And I liked, uh, I liked Larry Burkett's answer to that. Well, how much do you want to be blessed on? You know, is it, is it? So let me, let me just give you these four things about the tithe. The purpose of the tithe is simply for ministers, and then it's for ministry of the church to the community and the world. Ministry to the church, the community, and the world. And this is out of verse 12. So when you finish setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give it to the Levite. So the Levite represents ministers and the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow so that they may eat in your town and be satisfied. Because God cares about people who are in the church and God cares about people that are outside of the church. And that's why we have in the church, we have benevolence ministry that helps people out, our brothers and sisters that are struggling to pay a heat bill that attend CFA. And that's why we give money outside of the church to people that are homeless and people that are, and so we're doing ministry. The tithe, the tithe is brought to the storehouse. So you don't tithe. I hope you give to other things, or maybe you give to other things. Maybe you give to a, an internet ministry or television ministry. That's fine, but that's not the tithe. The tithe is brought to the storehouse because it's for the Levite and the ministry of the local church in this setting. So number two, uh, the tithe is actually not given. 
It's not given. So you can't, you can't technically say, I'm going to give my tithe to the Lord. The tithe isn't given. It's the sacred portion that is removed. Verse, verse 13, then say to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion. So we're going to swap out this apple with this apple. Okay, so out of 10 apples, a tithe is the 10th, and the 10th is the sacred portion. And the sacred portion is returned to the Lord. And it is the difference between walking in blessing or cursing. So all of the earth, once Adam and Eve sinned, all of the earth was under a curse. That means, that, that means everything, like relationships were under a curse, uh, agriculture was under a curse, economics was under a curse, money was under a curse. But God didn't want us to live under that curse, so his entire mission was to redeem. Right? So, so God, through the Old Testament, the, per, the, the way that they redeemed was through that, that sacrifice of the lamb or the sacrificial system. And there was, there was this offering system. And then, of course, when Jesus came, Jesus was the tithe. So Jesus redeemed everything and brought us from cursing to blessing. So in the book of Leviticus, if you read Leviticus chapter 27, Leviticus chapter 27, the tithe, what the tithe does is the tithe is the sacred portion that is removed, that is given unto God, that takes this that was cursed. Have you found out that it feels like your money's cursed sometimes? Like, like it just goes. You don't even have to, you don't even have to want it to go anywhere. And it just, it just goes. And like, it's the, it's those months where you have a couple apples left over and that's the month that you need new tires. Or, or that's the month that the, the refrigerator goes out or the washing machine needs repaired. And so like, you, you don't, as a preacher, you don't have to really preach that. It just feels like sometimes finances are, are under a curse, right? But when you return the sacred portion unto the Lord, here's what it does. It removes the curse from this. This is also found in Malachi chapter 3 if you want to study some more about this. It removes the curse and puts a blessing on this. So that's what the tithe does. In other words, you don't want to be found with this. Like you don't want to be found with the sacred portion in your house. That's why I think it's really important that the tithe is not only a tenth of what you make, but it's the first thing that you give before you buy groceries, before you pay the medical bill, before you buy school clothes, before you put gas in the car, because what happens is, and here is the blessing of the Lord, that when we return to the, the tithe to the Lord, nine apples is actually more than 10 apples. And I know that seems like bad math, but it's really good theology because God now will allow this to be in multiplication. Here's the, here's the difference. Here's the simple difference between blessing and cursing. All right. So do you believe in, in divine power? I mean, believe in divine power. Curse, a curse is that divine power is working against you. A blessing is that divine power is working for you. And I don't know about you. I feel like I got enough things working against me in my life. I don't need God working against me in my life. Like I work against myself in my life a lot. Of, I'm my own worst problem. A lot of times I don't need, like I need all I can get behind me and working for me. And so and so watch this. This, this is harsh, but it's, but it's true. You can't pray for God to be for you in your finances and if you're holding on to this. 
It, do, it doesn't work. God set it up that first of all, this has to be returned to the Lord. And God says, okay, I'm going to move you from cursing to blessing in your finances. And now I will begin to work for you. Number three is this. We don't stop the tithe even when we're hurting or needy. We don't stop the tithe even when we're hurting or needy. So verse 14 says, I've not eaten of the sacred portion. This is sacred. Don't eat it. It goes to God. While I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it when I was unclean. So needy and hurting, needy and hurting, uh, don't do those two things. And that can be tempting, right? Is like, oh, the unexpected medical bills. God, I'm going to hold on to this this month. Hey, I got you double next month. Like it, just, it doesn't work that way. Okay. Uh, and then it says, nor have I offered any of it to the dead. So apparently don't give money to dead people. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but apparently it's important if there's anybody that's been giving money to dead people, stop, okay? And so, so then the fourth thing is this. This is, this is actually, I like I love this one. I love all of it, but I really like this one. The tithe is not charitable giving to the church. It's worship to Almighty God. So in the Old Testament, this is found in Genesis chapter 14 and then in Hebrews chapter 7. Genesis 14 and Hebrews chapter 7. In the Old Testament, Abraham, when he uh, began to acquire, when he began to occupy some earthly possessions, he ran into a priest and the priest's name was Melchizedek. And you say, well, that sounds strange. How was there a priest before Israel? I know this whole thing was set up 430 years before the law. So watch this. Giving is actually a spiritual principle that works outside of the law. And so that's why you can't say tithing is an Old Testament principle. It's above the Old Testament. Tithing is a universal God principle. And I can show you in the New Testament where Jesus affirms the tithe uh, and, and multiple things. So Abraham runs into Melchizedek, who is a priestly figure, and Abraham tithes, removes the sacred portion. Abraham had all this, God was beginning to bless him. He was beginning to move him to, into Occupy. And God was saying, okay, Abraham, I'm going to teach you to settle, but never settle. I'm going to teach you to be satisfied, but keep pressing on for more. And he gave a tenth. He removed that sacred portion, gave it to Melchizedek. Now, who was this Melchizedek guy? It's kind of like a strange character in Lord of the Rings, really. It's like, so for Melchizedek, listen to this, this is what the Bible says. King of Salem, the priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth of all. So so king so Melchizedek means king of righteousness Salem means peace so he was the king of righteousness and the king of peace the bible then goes out on to say in Hebrews chapter 7 that he was without father without mother without genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like the son of god and he remains a priest continually in other words when you give online when you write the check when you put the cash in the offering plate you're not giving to Pastor Doug you're not giving to CFA Church you are giving worship to the Lord Jesus Christ himself that's what it is it's giving you're giving to you're giving to Jesus and I guarantee you you can't outgive Jesus he gave everything for you and he is he is interceding at the right hand of the father for you and so that's what this is and so you have you have the tithe that's the return of the the sacred portion to the Lord but then you have something else so this was Deuteronomy 26 verse 12 and on let's go back now 
Let's go back, and I want to teach you about something called the first fruits offering, or a seed offering, or a faith offering. So it says this, when you've entered the land, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and taken possession of it and settled in it. Take some of the first fruits, say first fruits, of all the produce of the soil and the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the Lord your God and uh, to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in the office at that time, I declare, I declare, so you're making these declaration statements, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And the priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. So here's what was happening is the nation of Israel, remember they are just coming out of the wilderness and into Occupy. So for 40 years, they're in tents. Now they're in a house. For 40 years, they were eating manna. Now they're eating the produce of the land. For 40 years, they were wandering all over the place. Now they're beginning to occupy. So the tithe was what they gave to the Lord at the end of the harvest. Does that make sense? So your grain comes in and you give a tenth of that grain to the Lord. All the apples from that year come in. You say, here's all my apples, and I give a tenth of that to the Lord. That's the tithe. You're returning a tenth from the harvest. So what's the first fruits are, uh, offering? Um, let's, let me explain it by this. So same scenario. Israel is coming out of the wilderness. They're beginning, to, they're beginning to occupy, like they're occupying but not occupying. They're settling but not settling. And they're walking into this brand new season, and they've eaten manna for food. 40 years and God has been faithful, but they're ready for some fruit. They're ready for some grapes. They're ready for some grain. They're ready for, for some, some meat, all of these great things. And they look out and the apple trees are beginning to produce fruit. And here's what the Bible says. A first fruits offering is when you take the first fruits that you want to eat and you plant it as a seed. Because if you want an apple, eat an apple. If you want an orchard, plant the seed. Do, do you see the difference? So a tithe is giving from the harvest a first fruits offering or a seed offering or a faith offering is giving toward the harvest. It's when you start to taste a little bit of the land that God wants you to bring you in and you say, I'm going to give towards that. Let me explain it a couple ways. But I love when Pastor Tom would tell stories like this, our founding pastor, he would always say, I love this phrase. He would say, I'm not bragging. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. And so I'm not bragging. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. And I give all glory to God. But I think these couple stories illustrate this. So when Camden and I, a couple years ago, um, we, wanted, we wanted a home and we wanted a little bit of land. We had lived in the home that we bought when we were first married for 13 years. It was a wonderful home. But it was smaller. Uh, had some woods behind it, but it wasn't our woods. And we just had a desire. We'd love to, just some land for the kids and uh, me to ride a four-wheeler on and, you know, for a dog to run outside, just, just things like that. And so we started, to, we started to save and we started to pray towards that. And when we drive through downtown Concord in the morning, taking the kids to school, we just, you know, it wasn't like a revival prayer meeting. It was just like God and your timing, open up the right house. And if you know anything about the Cabarrus County and Davidson areas, you know that land is not as plentiful as it once was. By the way, this is interesting. Do you know, I just read an article on this. Do you know what the most remote place in North Carolina is? How far away it is from the nearest road? So the most remote 
people don't live the most remote place in North Carolina. How far is it from the nearest road? Think of a number in your head. The answer is it's only 5.5 miles from the nearest road. Interesting, right? Ohio, 1.4 miles from the nearest road. So that had nothing to do. You don't look as interested in that as I was. I was like, wow, that's really like we think we're out in the woods, but we're really we're, we're not as out in the woods. And get it, rain it in, whether it rain it in. So, so we want land. There's, there's land, like if you go to Wyoming, right, it's like that's all there is is land. If you go to Kansas, that's all there is. It's just land. It's just cornfields. But on the East Coast in North Carolina, everybody wants to come to Carolina. It's like the best state and the best place to live ever. So everybody comes to Carolina, and the land isn't, and, and if there is land, uh, it was a little more expensive than we could certainly afford. And so we were saving and we were praying and we really felt at that time, a good friend of ours had moved and was buying a home. And we felt prompted by the Lord to take part of what we were saving and plant it as an offering towards, towards their home. Let me, let me switch stories. Um, Probably eight or nine years ago. How old are the boys now? Eight. So it was eight, eight years ago when uh, John and Pastor John and Jess were uh, beginning to walk through the, the uh, process of uh, adopting Micah and Noah into their home. Pastor Steve and Brandy were in a similar situation. They both were, were wanting to adopt or both, you know, in, in this process. And so Pastor Steve and Brandy had this desire in their heart to have children. And Pastor, when God opened the door for Pastor John and Jess to adopt, and ex adoption can be an expensive process, what Pastor Steve and Brandy did is they wrote a check not towards themselves. They wrote a check towards Pastor John and Jess, and they laid their hands on that check and said, God, would you use this as a seed offering? I want you to bless Pastor John and Jess with those awesome boys, but God, see us too. See us too. So back to the first story, we sowed the seed, and the long story of that short is we got more land and a home that we couldn't have even dreamed about. That is one of the most amazing blessings of our life. The last and last summer we got to have the southeastern kids over there, and we're we're cooking out and having them in our living room, and and trying to just steward that well for the Lord. And then and then Pastor Stephen and, and Brandy. Several years later, God brings a situation into their life where they're able to adopt Hendrick. And, and just this amazing thing. See, see how God uses that when you plant a seed. You, don't, you didn't have your Occupy, but you planted a seed towards Occupy. And this is where I get the sense like we are in this season at CFA Church. Like we're seeing Southeastern University that went from 25 students to 50 students. So we're beginning to Occupy, but it's not a thousand students yet. And so I feel like we need to, we need to take this, we need to begin to plant seeds into this and we have Davidson campus that is going strong and they're growing and they're making an impact in their community but it's not at hundreds yet it's not at a thousand yet and so we have all of these people you drive around there's another car apartment complex going up there's another uh, 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 housing development in Harrisburg there's widening of roads and all of this stuff which God is bringing more people to us and so I feel like God is saying give towards the harvest Give towards the harvest. And here's what I promise as your pastor. I will, I will never manipulate you into giving at all. And this miracle offering. So we're going to take a miracle offering in two Sundays. And here's, here's what we're going to do. 
um, when you walked in, you got your note sheet and, and you got one of these bags. That at the end of the service in two weeks, we are going to combine our faith with a seed believing God will bring harvest. And I believe that it's going to be a powerful moment. Now, again, I'm not, I don't want to, I will never manipulate you. I'm never, I, all I'm asking you to do, you just ask God, okay? That's all I'm asking you, you just ask God. And the second thing is this miracle offering is not going to come for established ministries of the house, okay? So not, not a cent of this will go to um, current buildings, not a cent of this will go to carpet, not a cent of this will go to pastor's salaries. All of this is going to go to one of three areas, either global missions, local church expansion, or future Christian leaders. We're going to give it away. We're going to give it away. We're going to give towards the harvest. And I believe that this is going to be a significant moment in the life of our church, and I believe that it's going to be a significant moment for you. If you're a guest or a visitor that day, you can bring an empty bag. If you're new to CFA Church and you're saying, whoa, pastor, I'm just investigating these Jesus claims, well, we'll take your money too. It's okay. No, I'm just, like, if you're, if you're still investigating, listen, we care more about, we care way more about you than we do your money. Just keep coming, and, and, and maybe you want to just say, I'm, I'm praying or investigating and all of that stuff that's okay but for people that call CFA church home without without being hyperbolic this could be a game changer for us because what we're doing is we're attaching see faith this isn't about money it's about money but it's not about money it's more about your faith and it's more about your obedience and faith is not an intangible faith needs to be connected to something Faith, faith has weight to it. And so we combine, when we combine our faith with the seed, it brings harvest. And then out of that harvest, you plant more seed and you, you're just always sowing and you're always sowing and God is always blessing and God is always bringing this. And then we make these declarations, write these things down and we'll, we'll pray together. So these are the declarations that we will make when, when we bring this offering before the Lord. Verse five, again, we're still just teaching through scripture, just teaching verse by verse. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God. So this is a double declaration. It is a declaration of your words, but it is a declaration of your faith. Here's the declaration. Number one, my father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived. Your first dec declaration with this offering is I will go from wandering to occupy. And there he became a great nation, powerful and numerous. Our second declaration is the Lord has done great things for me. In verse 6, it said that the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Here's the declaration. I love this one. I am not, I will never be, I will not be a slave to my circumstances. Some things may have happened to me, but they don't define me. Some people may have said some dumb stuff to me, but that doesn't define me. That I may have walked through some things in my life, but my past doesn't declare my future. I've been mistreated. I've walked through some suffering. I've been through some hard times, but in the name of Jesus, I'm coming out stronger. The Egyptians mistreated us, and that I will not be a slave to my circumstances.
Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.